Welcome to Restart Radio. I'm Dave Pickering and I make podcasts. And one of those podcasts is this one, the Restart Podcast. And usually on this show, I take you to a restart party. But for today's episode, the Restart Project sent me on a road trip. And I spent the morning with a skilled technician whose job is to diagnose and repair broken electronics. The Restart Project is a London-based charity and social enterprise whose mission is to spark reflection and change in our relationship with gadgets. This is episode two of a two-part special, and today I'm going to be sharing the second half of the recordings that I made travelling around South London with Steve, the spin doctor, learning about and observing appliance repair. I'm Stephen Neal, I'm the spin doctor. I've been repairing domestic appliances for 22 years. One of the guys we're going to today, um, I said to him, I've got someone coming from this um, thing called the Restart Project. And he's like, oh my God, I've been to one of their things and they, they fixed something for me. Or he's been to one and he was like, oh, this is brilliant, great. And he was like, oh, I'm not going to be there, but my wife will be there. So he knew, he knew all about the Restart Project. Which oh, is brilliant. Nice. That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. Do you think people value the longevity in their appliances though? Like, That's a really good question because there are two types of people that purchase appliances now. You have the throwaway society of people that will spend 150 to 250 pounds on a washing machine and it will go wrong not long after a year of owning it and they won't call an engineer because it's not worth it. They'll just go out and buy a new machine. And then you have the other type of person that will, will spend... 300 350 on a machine they'll have it for five years and they'll it'll become a part of their lives and they'll, they'll love the way it works and when that goes wrong they'll call me i'll repair it and they'll keep it for another five years and i say to a lot of people especially friends and people i'm like it's not worth buying a cheap washing machine buy a medium mid of the road bosch or something like that because you'll have it for five times the amount of time it's it's not cost effective buying a, a cheap crap machine from somewhere so yeah there are two types of people there are throwaway people that just throw machines away and they've run it into the ground after a year and then the other side is the 350 pound Bosch that they'll, they'll have in their family for 10 years what about if you want your appliance to last a long time but you've got the wrong appliance what's the advice to people who want to do damage control do not overload your washing machine check pockets <laughs> do not use too much detergent people think the more detergent in their washing machine the cleaner the clothes it's the opposite because the detergent doesn't get rinsed out of the clothes the detergent absorbs the dirt sticks all the way around your drum and your tub and goes mouldy that's why a lot of washing machines have black mouldy door seals it's not because of dirty clothes or anything like that it's literally down to overloading the machine and too much detergent Right, that's some good advice for me, some of that. Like, I'm, I'm terrible at checking pockets, for sure. If you look at my Instagram page, I post a daily picture of a blockage. I've found all sorts. I've actually found one. I can tell you one quick story. I was working in a really nice house in Forest Hill. The washing machine wasn't draining, so the first thing I've done is pulled the machine out, tipped it back, got a bowl and some towels, and started cleaning the filter. Took the filter out, and I got my torch and shined it inside the pump to make sure there's nothing in it. And I see this sparkly object in the bottom so um, I get my pliers and I delicately pull out this huge diamond ring 
and I called the customer. I was like, I was like, hello, hello, look what I found. The lady has come flying in the kitchen, and she's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And I'm like, what, what? She went, that's my engagement ring. You're amazing. Thank you so much. But I lost that two years ago and bought a fake replacement. My husband's upstairs, and he doesn't even know that I've lost it. But you're amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, that's that's it. Like, it, you think of these things as like cold, hard machines, but they're really embedded in, within people's lives. Of course, I pull out, I pull out bra wires. I've had to pull out condoms. I've had to pull out all sorts of things. Yeah. And you know, I found keys, travel cards. The things that are popular at the moment are collar stiffeners, because a lot of people wear nice shirts to work right. with those plastic collar stiffeners in the collars. I pull out four or five of those a day. <laughs> And if you're in a really nice house, they'll have the brass ones, the right. very posh ones. Right, but, right. But some people just have the plastic ones. <laughs> but they um, they cause all sorts of problems, they do. You use Instagram and, I guess, like social media to get business and to kind of, like, raise awareness that you exist. I sometimes do a top tip of the day, so I'll put a post up about something we've already spoken about, overloading the machine or yeah. too much detergent. I take pictures of blockages. The, the funny thing is, is middle-aged people are fascinated by it because they just cannot fathom how people do not check their pockets because back in the day there was one washing day one day a week your mum or your dad or your whoever would do the washing and that person would stand in the kitchen check everyone's pockets pull out all the change on the side and do the washing in one day now we wear ten times more clothes a week than we used to right everyone changes their bed linen and you just chuck it straight in the machine and so I always take pictures of blockages or just all bits and bobs that I'm doing and yeah I'd hopefully let some people learn but I don't think now young people their mind doesn't work in that way anymore right. <laughs> it's just a totally different world to what it was with my, my parents generation yeah but I mean I guess young people are going to have to relearn some of that possibly as time goes on they can but it keeps me in a job yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've got you to guide them yeah. which is great there's a Swedish proposal to reduce VAT on appliance repairs that's right would that boost the sector in the UK I think they should do it for all trades well for repairing everything because people throw away machines for things that are like minor minor problems blocked filters some people will throw their washing machine away because they won't understand that it's just a blockage carbon brushes in the motor I pay about £3.50 a set and people think the motor's gone bang or blown up when it very very rarely it would be the motor I haven't changed the motor in seven eight years never change them they never go wrong right you get circuit boards and things that can go wrong in machines or the bearings that can go wrong then you can't repair the machine but really rarely you get a motor blown it's just the brushes and they you know you i can I, I charge about between 55 and 65 pounds for a motor brush job and their machine will go on for another five years right. so yeah it's a complete no-brainer so steve mentioned two kinds of people those who throw things away and those who get a repair person in. We'd say at Restart there's probably three kinds of people because there's also people who want to try and fix their items themselves. So we'll take a break now from Steve to go to a Restart party in Camden to talk to a range of people there about their experience with appliance repair and repair services in general. What do you do when white goods fail at home? So that's like washing machines and dishwashers and cookers and stuff like that. Go and buy a new one. <laughs> oh, I don't do much domestic stuff. Like, I also was in uni 
for three years and I had to do my washing. But what I do if it fails? I call my mum. I don't know. She would know, I guess. I go online and I find out how to fix it. And I try and fix it. Many years ago, kind of quite like taking things apart myself and stuff, but now I have no way of knowing how this stuff works. The washing machine, I tried fixing it a couple of times, tried draining it myself, and then it just wouldn't work. And then I went and bought a new one. I guess I'd call a plumber. My brother would know, maybe. He's really good with that kind of... Basically, call people close to me who I think might know first and then go on to the experts because, you know, they cost money and stuff and I'm kind of cheap. I've not had to. My, I mean, my washing machine died after seven to eight years and I maintained it throughout and that was just end of life. So, no, I try and take everything to end of life. With the fridge, we had a problem where it was, like, leaking a lot and water was coming from the freezer part. We did try and get an electrician once. It charged, I don't know, 50, 60 pounds or something. And it was well for about a month. And then it went again, same problems, and then we went and bought a new one. I mean, have you ever paid for a repair person? Me, personally? I mean, I'm 20... I, my mum would pay for the repair... I mean, I, no, uh... Me personally, no. I would only pay for it if it was worth it. Like, sometimes you can work out cheaper, right, to buy something new. Well, it's difficult to find people. Two weeks without a washing machine or three weeks, it was like going out to go and dry your clothes, wash your clothes. It was becoming really expensive. So, um, yeah, we went and bought a new washing machine. But who would you trust? We've lost small shops. Small shops, like small repair people shop, can't afford to have a shop on the high street anymore. So if they can't afford to have a shop on the high street anymore, where'd you go? So before, I mean, 15 years ago, you could even maybe walk down, you know, your local high street and you'd find somebody who might be able to help you fix it. Now most places, if there is a place, will say to you, ooh, it's not worth it, it's going to cost you too much money, oh, get another one. So in the end, you end up going online using YouTube, iFix, Indestructibles, and fixing them yourself. Otherwise, where do you look for somebody? Do you go on Gumtree? Do you go on your local paper? There's no shopfront. A shopfront would give you, sort of make you feel it's credible. You'd be able to go in, show it, and they'd say yay or nay. But what do you do now? There's nowhere for you to go. One of the things we haven't spoken about is one of the bad things about working on the road all day, on your own. Basically, I could write a guidebook of London bakeries. <laughs> because when you've done a job and you've been covered in baby poo and all other things... All you want to do is go to a bakery, have a bacon roll or a sausage roll, right, a coffee, absolutely. and there are hundreds of them around South London. So, for 20 years, there wasn't a day at work I didn't have a sausage roll and, oops, and or a coronation chicken bat or something with mayonnaise in it. <laughs> I put on quite a lot of weight due to that. So me and my wife have been doing the Nutribullet diet. So throughout the day, I might get a sandwich like later on this afternoon, but this is my this is my daily daily food. Right. And it's also saving me probably a fiver a day. Right. On in stuff. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Like when I used to work around and about rather than more at home like I do now, I definitely mm. You just end up spending all this little extra money on a couple of coffees or whatever, yeah. and you think it's only like you know you think. You feel like it's really justified in that moment because yeah. you're tired and you're working, but when you look at your bank balance, yeah, it's, it's much less possible. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then when you, yeah. Hello, Steve. Hello. 
Are there any other things that, like, I haven't asked you that I should have asked you that I don't know about? The biggest problem for me is that the appliances that are being sold now are such bad quality. It's disgusting. It really is shockingly bad. You're getting called out to machines that are 14 months old. They've paid £500 for this machine. The machines aren't fit for purpose. So I'm a bit worried about what the future holds for my job in a certain way because people are going to lose faith in certain brands and maybe not want to get me to repair a machine. They might just think, oh, well, I might as well just throw it away. Right. That's what I'm slightly worried about. If you have glue that gets hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, what happens to it? It breaks oh, down right, and leaks. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happening to the dishwashers. Right. And sp- speaking of dishwashers, let's go and yeah, let's go have and a look at one. For the restart parties. Yeah, I'm a restart party. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I, I tend to go. Oh, he's been, uh, he's been on a restart video already. Oliver's uh, a restart baby already. <laughs> Two things. Yes. The kit isn't attached to the dishwasher. It was, but I think it, it slipped out. No, there are, there, are, there are brackets that screw into these holes. Oh, okay, no, that So, way. do you have the paperwork on it? Yes, I'm glad that we Thank you. All right, good. And this is all the. I don't need any of that. I've done hundreds of these. Is this pretty new then? This is a new one. This is new, yeah. New. Yeah, this is what, what were we just talking about? Yeah. The, the, the dishwashers with the, the stainless steel tank right. with the plastic base. There's a strip of glue going all the way around. Right. Yeah. They leak. Learning, learning at a very early age here. Oh, like, I, I wish I'd learned some, some technical, sort of practical, useful skills. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so he's taking off a, another skirting board type bit of wood uh, at the bottom. In this house, the dishwasher that needed to be refitted was an integrated dishwasher, which meant that first up, Steve had to remove the skirting board from the bottom of all of the cupboards. Integrated appliance is only going to be as good as the person that's installed it. I wasn't even bothered about buying an integrated dishwasher. I said, you know, who cares? And then he had to take off the wooden door that was attached to the front of the dishwasher. <laughs> Yeah, he's taking the door off. off of this They're off the old one. Okay. So the dishwasher's now completely out. And finally, after he'd taken the front of the machine off, but also started to take the machine apart itself, Steve discovered the thing that wasn't working properly. It's the plug socket. They've put the lead through the wrong hole. If they don't heat, they don't clean. Nine, oh yeah, one work. But nine out of ten times, it's not the heater. It's either the circuit board, and the technology is so poor that I've, I've I don't even take them on as jobs. I just say to them, buy me a dishwasher, because I've ordered like a hundred and fifty quid circuit board. It's arrived, and it's not worked. And they, and you call them and say the the circuit board you've sent doesn't work. And they say, oh well, have you opened the box? Well, of course I have to try it. Oh, it's non-returnable. Sorry. 
<gasps> and I can't respect Whoa. the customer to pay for it because they've got that, those factory sealed. Yeah. Yeah, those. Um... So now I don't bother ever ordering expensive Yeah, that's what he said to me. Because obviously, us being restart people, we said we can't, we yeah. will not buy a new one. We will try and repair this one. And I can't expect a customer to pay for a part that doesn't work. So I get stuck with a bill. Right. I'm the cheapest engineer in London by a mile. I'm 45 quid. Most companies are like 80 pounds plus 30 pounds per half an hour. But then they could have a chat and a cup of tea for half an hour, but you're paying for it. Whereas I'm 45 quid. I can make you a cup of tea. Oh, Would no, you like a cup of tea? I'm alright. Right. Okay. I don't have time for things like that anymore. Yeah, I've noticed this, like, Steve's just like focused on the, on the job when he comes in. He's just like very unlike many repair people who I've had in my home who are, are, are like you say like interested in the tea more oh. maybe than maybe than no, no I don't begrudge them with the tea but maybe more interested in the tea than they are in the actual fixing which is the it's the opposite way around uh, with Steve so, oh that's yeah. looking it's looking more snug anyway yeah. already yeah it is isn't it right so now Steve is is just uh, Slowly, just adjusting. Right, adjusting the legs. The legs down, so the dishwasher's raising up and can, to the work surface. Right, but and gets flush. Sure yeah. uh, all done. Not all done, but some of it done. Some of it done. <laughs> some of it done. Yeah. It's all done. It's all almost done. all done, yeah. Is it working? It is working. That's it, it's done. That's it, we're done. Okay, yeah. cool. So the, I'm just going to say one bit of advice for this new dishwasher. Okay, yeah. Hips, seeds, eggshell. Huge no-no for your dishwasher. So do you say again? Pips. Pips, like seeds. Lemon dips, seeds. Okay. And eggshell. Are okay. a huge no-no for a dishwasher. Because they have low voltage pumps in them. The pumps aren't strong enough to break them down. So they get blocked really easily. Okay. So if you don't put things like that in your dishwasher, it will go on for ages. Okay. Keep that one. Okay. All right. Any problems at all? Just let me know. Okay. Hopefully not. So that's water tested and ready to roll. Cool. All done. All done. Yeah. All done. All done. All right. Keep it. Nice meeting. Nice meeting again. Happy dishwashing. <laughs> oh, I'm a lucky girl. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming. See, that's why you get someone in who knows what they're doing to install a dishwasher. Right. So that was just sitting in the middle of the room. It was. The door wasn't in the right spot. The dishwasher wasn't in the right spot. The plumbing wasn't in the right spot. And the plug wasn't put in the right spot. Right. It didn't take you very long to get it all flush and all connected. No. But I wouldn't... Someone... If one of my friends called me and said, 
Oh, the engine on my engine in my car's not working properly. Can you have a go? I might have the right tools, but I wouldn't even consider having a go at it. Right. Because I don't know what I'm doing. Right, right, right. Are there professional organisations that help repairers get set up as a business? No. <laughs> no. I'm not really sure you need them because the people that start out on their own that are successful have always had at least 10, 15 years working for a manufacturer so they've had the best training, the best apprenticeships going. The guys that I know that are very successful have all worked for a manufacturer. And I've had kids ask me for an apprenticeship and because of the wages I'd have to pay and the insurance and everything, I couldn't afford it. So I always say to them, get a job of a manufacturer, do five years of a manufacturer and then give me a call. We can talk. Are there any other things that can help the appliance industry, like policy-wise? Like what would your advice to policymakers be? That, that, that's a, a very, very, very easy, easy question. And it's not just for my trade, it's for any small business. And that is education on small business running and ownership. Because everybody in this country, if we set up our own business, we don't have a clue what we're doing. We've got no help. We don't know about VAT. We don't know about bookkeeping. We don't know about anything we don't know the pitfalls we don't know about insurance we don't know there's no there's no help it's just trial and error owning a vehicle in london i i looked at get getting a nissan electric van because i spend 70 pounds a week in diesel and there are no options other than a diesel vehicle you can't buy a petrol van anymore those days are gone and it was going to cost me 26000 pounds however this van cost me 15 so right. it's just it's ridiculous. That's my that's my biggest thing about my job is I love my job. I wish to God I could do it on a bike, but it's impossible with yeah. my van stock. It's yeah, just never going to work. <laughs> and that's my biggest outlay is my van. I'm 41 years old. I've never had a claim in my life. I pay 1,400 pounds a year insurance. I've never right. had an accident. Touch wood. Right. And so, and my diesel costs 70 pounds a week on top of my liability insurance on top of paying a, a, an accountant on top of £500 a week parts costs you know the outgoings are massive right and there's no I wish there was help saying to me oh if you know if you buy an electric vehicle we'll subsidise it you know you get some sort of help like right but it's just too expensive I mean I'm sure in the future the prices will come down a bit but at this point in time that's that's the biggest thing there's no help with anything you're you're literally on your own right there's no support right. your bank they just want you to pay them their charges and that's it there's right. no business support management or anything I finished school just before the internet and Microsoft Office so I've had to teach myself spreadsheets I've had to teach myself social media obviously you know it's moved on now and I'm totally reliant on social media yeah I don't pay for any other advertising anymore it's all Twitter, Facebook mums groups, which are all free, it's great. Yeah. But you've got to be tech. You've got to be tech minded. A lot of guys, especially like mid forties, that are setting up on them on their own, they haven't got a clue. They don't even have a smartphone. You know. Right. That's there's right. There's no support. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah. The people who've got the actual mechanical training that is needed. Yeah, that might be the most amazing yeah, right. engineer in the world, but they haven't got a clue about running a business. And I'm I'm the same. I can I can. I could spend four hours without a break stripping a machine and building it again. Right. 
but you sit me in front of a desk with a computer and have to do my tax return, I will literally start shaking and have a panic attack. Right. I, I find it really right. stressful. And so I pay someone to do it for me. But really, it's very basic doing a tax return. I should be able to do it myself and save myself £500 a year. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm just going to call yeah, this yeah, customer now. To see if they're right. As you hear at the end of that recording, I'm a freelancer and I really relate to Steve's difficulties around tax returns. I don't spend hours assembling and reassembling washing machines, but I do spend hours assembling and reassembling sound and words. So like Steve, I wish that I had something or someone that could help me with the things that I'm not good at so I could focus on the things that I have the skills and experience to achieve. And so as well as really enjoying meeting Steve, I also really enjoyed that he was making repair work for him and sharing his skills and his experience and doing it responsibly. If we're going to change our relationship with our gadgets and our electronics and the things that we own and find ways of being more sustainable, many of us can only do so much on our own. So it's really great to know that there are people like Steve out there who we can turn to and who can help us with the big machines that have so much effect on our daily lives. Hello, Steve. Okay. All right, I'm just, I'm just with somebody at the moment. If you send me a text with all your information, I'll call you back shortly. Thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs> Restart Radio is both a podcast and a weekly show that goes out at 1.30 on Tuesdays on Resonance 104.4 FM, repeated on Thursdays at 11 a.m. As with all episodes of Restart Radio, we'll include links with background information to all of the issues and stories discussed over at therestartproject.org. The music that you've heard in today's episode was made with lasers and repurposed electronics and is a collaboration between Opto Noise and Cassini Sound. Today's restart party is over, so it's time to pack up the equipment and say goodbye to each other. Goodbye, everybody.